All right. All right. God bless you all on tonight. We're grateful for um, this third part of the PK conversation. And I'm grateful to have my cousin once again uh, be a part of this. He, um, he was out of pocket last week. Much deserved. That's all I would say. Much deserved out of pocket. But uh, I'm glad that he is uh, here tonight to be a part of this third part of our um, PK conversation. So, cousin, go ahead and introduce yourself. Oh, uh, well, you know, reintroduce myself. My name's Austin Turner. I'm currently live in Oklahoma. I mean, excuse me, <laughs> North, Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, happily married, uh, beautiful wife, Kanye, and daughter, Zaria. Um, and I'm happy to be here today. Yes, sir, I appreciate it. And let me just say, opening this up, He's not trying to come back to Oklahoma. I'll just let y'all know. Just a visit. <laughs> y'all hear that right? Just a visit. He's not trying to come back to Oklahoma. But because I want to open this up, this conversation up um, with just um, your perspective on something that we've talked about growing up um, as a PK and growing up in a in a preacher's home, but also as we talk about, we grew up around not just legendary preachers, but we also grew up around going to church, um, but also conventions. This is where I really want to get to uh, when we talked about how, you know, going to the conventions, going to these districts, being involved in that. As a PK, what made you really enjoy those experiences? Um, well, honestly, I wasn't a PK at those conventions. I was, but I wasn't. So, right. you know, I was just one of the kids. There was so many kids there that you, you really didn't pinpoint, you know, preacher's kids. But just, you know, this is one thing I touched on um, in the podcast I did with my mom. Just, mm. just the, I just had fun. And, you know, right. it was just in, 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 you know, definitely godly environments um, and kids and activities just geared directly towards Christ, and, you know, and having right. fun with it in ways that you may not have got at your home church. Right. Um, and then also, you know, really making friends with, um, you know, people that were in your district and, right. you know, certain activities you may have to practice for, like we had step shows and things of that nature. Those are things I, you know, I was excited for. And you got to meet all the people in your district and those became like, you know, your, your, your other friends. And it was just almost like a, a big old family reunion a lot of right. times, you know, after you went a couple of years, it was, it was good to see these people. And I grew up with these people. Um, but I love conventions, man. I, that, that was like the highlight of my summer a lot of times. Right. Um, just going there and, and all the activities, and um, it's something that you know I, I feel like I feel like is missing. You know, for right. my daughter and her, you know, enjoyment and just how much fun I had there, and I just feel like she's missing out sometimes. So, so, and then talk to us then about that struggle. You know, raising um, your daughter as it pertains to how you see church now compared to how church was you know, at her age in church growing up, you know, what, what, are, what, are, and like we talked about, even when engaging in young adults as well, just talk to us about those struggles of, um, of where you, where we were and then compare it to what today looks like. Um, I would say there's just not as much enthusiasm or excitement about it, you know? Right. Uh, I mean, it's still there and I don't, I don't want to knock it or anything like that. It's just, you know, from and I'm gonna be honest with you, and I have this conversation I've had with you and sometimes right. and this is felt all the way across in the East Coast here. Um, I don't think the enthusiasm is just as there from the young adults down to the the children as it was, you know, pertaining to when I grew up. Um and it, and just to see all the activities that were around for us, um, you know, just simple things, man. I don't even see you know, when's the last time you saw Easter speech or right. when's the last time you you know the Easter plays and things of that nature still happen, but um just what i want to say uh growing up uh that was a big part of my life it was half of my life if you guess, if you guess <laughs> what i'm saying so in school and then right. in church and activities right. around church um so being you know singing now and my daughter now maybe it, it feels like it's you know 15 20 percent of right. it and, and then especially this last year of 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 covid and her only access is you know maybe sunday school right um sessions or uh you know wednesday night sessions which we don't really have for the kids but it's really just the sunday school factor 
Um, and, um, and that's all the access she really has outside of things we may provide for her, you know, ourselves. So, um, I think that's really took a, a, a toll, um, on, uh, just their, you know, uh, I guess them growing up in that, that year of, of Christ activities that she would have had if, um, you know, she was actually going to church. So as you are, you know, now a PK, and we, we talked about, you know, transitioning to Kansas City. Um, we talked about that last week. But when you are growing up as a PK, and you know, you're seeing, um, you're seeing Uncle Rick um, elevate, and then you're also seeing um, your stepfather doing the things that they're doing. Did it ever come across to you? that that burden or that desire to preach and <laughs> and i'm asking this question i see i already see the smirk on your face because because sometimes no but but we be honest sometimes in growing up in church that and from what i've heard from people from other pk sometimes that you know members may come to the the that particular child and say, oh, you're destined to preach. You're going to preach. Um, you're going to preach just like your father. You're going to be just like your father. And then for some that now for some that's happens, but everybody that's not their testimony. So when you were growing up, you know, did you ever have those those um, comments, those words? And how did you deal with that? Um, I got it all the time. Uh, right. You know, um, I didn't really, it, it was just more so something just people told me all the time. You know, I, I, I took it just the same as somebody told me that I looked like my daddy. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, in terms of that, um, I wouldn't say that it ever bothered me per se. You know, mm -hmm. no one ever pushed me to be like, you know, uh, that you have to do certain things and things of that nature. I would say on the flip side of that, um, there was something inside of me that there was some resentment behind ever mm -hmm. being a preacher. Okay. Um, not to say, and even to, to even to this day, I'll say, you know, if I got the calling, I wouldn't fight it, but I'm not searching for it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. um, it's just as being as a preacher's, you know, kid and seeing, you know, the ups and downs of, you know, what your father, you know, even the, the pastor's wife and seeing the stress that I put, you know, and just comparing that to even, you know, the stress that my wife would have to go through of, of you know, situations of me constantly being called away and, um, also, the stress of her having to present, you know, a certain image at all times and things of that nature. Um, as a child, you know, like I said, I, I, it didn't really bother me. But like I said, I ran away from it because I didn't, I didn't really want that life for myself. Um, seeing it there, and then, um, you know, not even just my my father, you know, but my stepfather, and and also other preachers that I may have seen that you know poured their entire life into that, and. Um, you know, may have missed out on some life opportunities and things of that nature, or um, not even saying miss out, because I don't feel like I want to say that you're missing out on life, but you, your, your calling is to serve, and that's your number one um, uh, goal is to serve. Um, and I feel like I can serve but other, in other capacities. Right. <laughs> so I don't feel like, I, you know, like I, I've never felt like it's a requirement. Mm -hmm. always felt like uh it's something that if it came upon me i wouldn't fight like i said before but i'm not i'm not I'm not searching for that <laughs> right now. But, but you hit something you hit on something that's very important that i don't think a lot of people may be talking about talk about when it deals with pks and that is that that feeling of resentment and i think mm -hmm. that's very important i think a lot of PKs need to hear. I mean, a lot of people need to hear and understand when you're talking about resentment. So give it, give us some insight of you know how you felt, uh, the type of resentment that you felt. Um, like I said, it's just more so like it just, and I don't, I don't like comparing this word or using this word, but right. the burden that it carries. You get what right. I'm saying? And mm -hmm. I, you know, I don't want to feel like you know serving the Lord is a burden, but. It, it's it's something that you know I've seen my dad you know struggle with you know my entire life and, and even now per, pertaining to just his ability to be able to be flexible right because um, you know uh, you know a lot of pastors uh, you know I, and the only thing I can really go off of mostly is the two examples that I had closest to me my father and my stepfather but um, you know they they keep the close the church close to them and you know uh, especially early on they feel the need to really go out and um, uh, be there for every situation that may come up. So, uh, you know, every funeral, every, you know, wedding, every, you know, sick person and things of that nature, they feel as if 
they need to be there for that. You know, you know, you do have associate ministers, but I feel like early on, and you know, my father really getting his church uh, when I was 10, 11, and him really, you know, putting all his all into that from there, that that I, it was just a kind of an understanding that I knew, I knew that he may not be right. there for certain things, which he was. My dad did the best job ever of, of never making me feel like um, that anything was more important than me. Right. But at the end of the day, in the back of my head, I knew that, you know, he had a bigger calling uh, that that was more important sometimes than, than some some things that may have been me. And, and I, I just had resentment in terms of just um, the amount of responsibility it carried. Mm -hmm. And then also what was shown in reciprocation to him for all of that he had to, you know, sacrifice for sometimes. Um, and that that kind of built some resentment in, inside of me, and, and like I said, going through some you know divorces in church and things of that nature. I just I, it just it was just too much to have a spotlight on me, uh, right. my entire life. You know, you get what I'm saying. <laughs> so you know, to have the spotlight as a child and then go directly into being a preacher, I just feel like I needed a break for a while. Um, that's why I said if if it if it, if it calls me, <laughs> I, I'll answer. Now I and I always joke with Austin and say, you know, I'm we're gonna we gonna bring him to Oklahoma to preach one day. He'll just like that's not me because <laughs> he'll say that right there. But you hit on something else that's very important that I believe church members need to understand about PKs. And we had this conversation um, a couple weeks ago. Is that when you see your dad giving his all, when you see when you were growing up and saw Uncle Rick giving his all, you know, being here, being there, but then you also then come to find out you see how the members treat him in return or the members may not show that um, appreciation in return. How did that feel as a PK? Because you're like, this is my father because it's my it's, it's your father. But you see, you see the frustration, you see the hurt, you see the mm -hmm. um the agony, the disappointment, because he's doing what he's called to do and being there for people, but that appreciation is not being reciprocated to him. So how did that make you feel growing up? Um it really, really was like I said, everything kind of went over my head to a certain age. Right. Um, when I started noticing things. And then when I said I, I started noticing things more so when uh, you know, like, you know, family issues started coming up and things of that nature. And it wasn't even the fact of appreciation, I would say. It's just the, the expectation of perfection. Right. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, and that, it, that that was always the number one factor that, 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 that drove me to um, feeling as though um, they don't appreciate what he's doing. Um, in a way that he like my father always being my stepfather both of them always preaching the way to saying i'm just the messenger i'm not perfect <laughs> you get what i'm saying right I always preface that that don't worship me worship god you get what i'm saying i'm, I'm just here to pass the message down and and sometimes i don't feel like that was really understood or or um uh, and so they 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 held them at a standard that that that's really not fair sometimes you get what mm -hmm. i'm saying right um because you know i don't feel like you know, when I watch my dad preach, I don't feel like it's him pointing at me. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's God talking through him, right, to to relay the messages I need to hear. Um, and and it's 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 difficult for some people to separate the two, right. <laughs> and so and so, I think that's um, important as you're talking about the fact that you know, it's God speaking through. <laughs> It's, it's not like, you know, as preachers, as preaching, it's not like we're just um, pointing you, telling you this, what this, you know, this and that, but it's the, what the Lord is speaking to us to give to the congregation. And so when you do that and then you see sometimes you see the backlash, you see the um, you see the vitriol, if uh, you know, if you will. And it did. And it does in a way, I believe, as a PK, make you feel a certain kind of way. And so when you felt that kind of way, what were what were keys or tools that you necessarily use to, in a, in a sense, kind of block it out and not allow it to keep you away from church? Well, for me, uh, it was kind of a perfect storm of things. And, I, and I'm, I'm saying this in, in the context of um, 
I got to separate myself. So half of my, you know, well, from a certain point, I spent time at two different churches. Right. So different lives, if you get what I'm saying. So right. it was two different expectations. It was two different. So, you know, some weeks I could relax, you know, some weeks I could, you know, and things of that nature. So I took that, um, and, you know, and this is something I spoke about in the last podcast we had that, you know, there's nobody I really spoke to about. There was no no one to confide in for, right. you know, with this information because, you know, there was nobody I felt like was going through the same um, type of situation I was. And then, of course, you know, my sibling, my sister, she's, you know, seven, seven years younger than me. So our conversations wouldn't have been the same at the time. Um, but it, it was more so it was a perfect storm of me being able to separate my time between two different congregations. Mm-hmm. And and really just being able to 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 go to church and not have any expectations upon me, um, that really actually really helped me the most to be honest with you. Um, and then really just confiding in you know my my church friends at the time, not confiding and telling them information, but they made me feel regular. Mm-hmm. You know, um, most of my you know my friends and things of that nature, they made me feel. Um, you know, they never went into, you know, certain questions to make me feel uncomfortable, things of that nature. Um, I was always, I always felt at home and safe, you know, right. on both sides of the fence with, with my friends there. So um, that's really what I confided in. And, you know, I wish I really, really would have found a spiritual tool at that age. But at mm-hmm. that age, you really don't know how to. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nobody really supplying this type of, you know, ministry. Well, at the time, there may be now. Um, two kids going through certain things in the church, um, especially, you know, maybe pastors, kids, or any, even anyone going through a divorce or anything um, and having a spotlight and, and, and them knowing within the church just how to deal with it as a child. So um, I would say just the balance of, of two congregations and, and just my friends is really what helped me get through it at the time. So, and, and you're going through these transitions um, and you, and you hit on something. You talking about that spotlight, talking about um, being in that spotlight. So when you're talking about being in that spotlight and you say, you know, you know, even though your church friends, you know, were there, but I would, I, and this is just me from the outside, I would think, and I know, you know, something we talked about, we, that's just stay between us, but I would think, and you, you know, that there's some things that even still, even with church friends, <laughs> they get to a certain place, but they don't get all the way there. You know, you may not let them all the way in. You know what I'm saying? So when you're going through this, you know, how did how did you with some feelings, some emotions that are just there and you want to get them out, but you necessarily can't, you know, what were the what were those um intense moments like? Um hmm. Okay, so you know there was always the 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 the, the PK side that I had to put up in terms right. of um, not really um, divulging any private information just for the image of you know you know for the sake of my my parents. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, but you know all the intense moments that I had were mostly individual tense moments, and um, I, I you know honestly I learned at a young age just to kind of it's same on the same right now like i just kind of deal with things internally and um and i learned that you know i learned at that age kind of not to take things as serious as as i need to you know as as it as it may be at the time to really be um it it caused a nonchalant attitude about myself that i had Mm -hmm. to get past a certain point time you know there was a lot of things now that I had to get out of my system, you know, and that even I had to go and um, do counseling now, which was the best thing that ever happened to me in terms of just really, really being able to release right. that that I've been holding for what at the time, 27, 28 right. years. Right. So, um, you know, it was really me just internally just just balling it up and putting it into two other things. So um, let me think when at the time when I was doing, you know, that was, you know, sports, basketball, things of that nature. Um, uh, really trying to find activities to kind of just take my, you know, my mind off certain things. I think, you know, at the time, um, I may have put it into, you know, I, I, I don't, I honestly don't know, man. Like, I really, I think I just, I just dealt with it internally, and right. uh, it, it's really hard for me to to really express myself because of that, right? Because um, I just internally just kind of locked up and just, you know, I had to. Right. Put on the facade for um, 
for you know church or whoever whatever um just to keep um the the name i, I never wanted to like my goal was never to bring any negativity to my parents whatsoever right you know because right. yeah, yeah, i just felt like it wasn't fair to them um because they worked too hard to get in the situations that they are now so i, I right. really took that serious and, and that's why i just kind of internally dealt with stuff and you know i think what you're hitting on is very important because people don't realize people you know our church members when talking to pks they don't realize what some pks deal with internally already whether it may be trust issues whether they may be emotional issues mental issues and then you have church members who may say little comments or say snarkling things but they already don't understand what the, what you're dealing with already on the inside that's a struggle for you and you're bottling this up and then you have this on top of that right yeah, I, and like I said, you know, I wouldn't say that everybody was kind of, um, you know, negative or anything like that. It was more so some people were just indifferent with, with comments and things that they said um, that, you know, it's kind of made a mental note at the time. Mm -hmm. um, it didn't really bother me, per se, well, when it was directed towards me. I think the things that used to bother me the most was things that were directed to my younger sister at the time, right. not towards her, but situations that had put her in that she may not have known that were going on. Mm -hmm. But me, you know, being at the age now that I could see that that wasn't, you know, right in terms of certain things, that that's the kind of things that really bothered me. And that's kind of stuff that put um, a taste in, in my mouth um, that, that really gave me some negativity for a while, not away from the church, but just right. kind of, go sit back and watch versus <laughs> be involved right. with certain things and um and then it, it, it kind of and i don't want to divulge into like you know my siblings right. or anything but it kind of makes me understand um uh, my sister in comparison to me and right. how we approach church now just because our experiences were the same but we reacted to them differently right so. and I, and that's important because that's where i also want to um get to is that talk to us about sibling relationships as PKs because I think that's very important because I think you just hit on something like I said we talked about this as well last week but sibling relationships as it relates to PKs because what how one sibling looks at a situation another sibling can look at it differently but the fact is you all are still growing up together you're living this together so how talk to us about the importance of the peak of the PK relationship and how siblings had to deal with being hurt by members at the church. Um so you know being the fact that my my sister was so far like seven years her understanding of certain things was different than mine. My number one goal was to protect my sister from anything that may happen in uh, because what may not hurt my feelings may Absolutely. hurt hers, you know, indirectly. So that's the thing that bothered me the most. Now, I wouldn't say our relationship was was with our bond was strong when it came to dealing with those things because we were just so far apart. Right. Um, but there's bonds that I took from when I was introduced to my new step siblings that formed a bond and our understanding of 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 members forming opinions based on things that may not have anything to do with them you get what i'm saying <laughs> right and and going and um um acting a certain way towards them or to our parents um based on information that really shouldn't pertain to them um so i think it's really important so like i'm gonna tell you this on my step sibling side they their bond when they went through this situation on their side is like this you know i crawled in between that and you know I, I came in a little bit late because you know i didn't grow up grow up with them but right. i did you know maybe middle school and up we, we became close but um that's one thing that i've seen their structure is like is something that i i actually really actually really revere because they're their bond and i think mm -hmm. them going through that made them even closer because it's you know it's it's a lot of them and they they're they're really close and i think that's one of the things that that probably strengthened their bond top to bottom um and i think it's really important to have someone 
um, to rely on and to confide in because they're going through the exact same situation that you are. Um, right. And I think that may have that may have changed my experience completely if I would have had you know a, a sibling two years younger than me or a year younger than me or a year older mm -hmm. than me. Um, to to really rely on and have the conversations because we would have we would have those conversations. So um, I think that um, that probably would have been important. Like your wife probably had you know you know someone to lean on, right. on with that, and that's probably you know made her experience. Because I couldn't you know I, I would almost say like I, I went about it as a uh, only child just because right. I was the only one at that age, just kind of dealing with it myself. So. Um, I think it, it definitely makes sibling bonds stronger. It also gives you a, a varying opinion that you may not have. So you, you understand for me, uh, and not talking about it with people, I only had one opinion and only one point of view to view it as. <laughs> right. You get what I'm saying? Well, yes, sir. So certain things that I may have, uh, I may have been more open to um, listening to, I may have got that perspective at that point, not 10, 15 years later. Right. You get what I'm saying? So. Um, I think it's very important. I, I, I think it's it, it definitely helps um, whatever PK um, goes through that or whatever situation or their, even their entire life um, to to um, uh, make the situation better for them. Right. So were you in a way? Um, did you so did you have those those periods, those moments of just um, loneliness of just kind of feeling like, you know, you were just basically on an island by yourself while you were going through this, even though, um, even though you had to say, you know, Addie was with you, but did you ever just feel like you were kind of on this island just by yourself, dealing with this by yourself, um, going through this by yourself? And as you're talking about containing, you know, how, 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 you know, did you just feel like, I'm just <laughs> like, I'm trying to, I'm just barely making it some days. I'm just barely, you know, <laughs> um, <sighs> Mentally, I wouldn't say no. It never got to that point where I, I was just that bad. And like I said, because I, internally, I just, I just learned to. I, you know what? Here's the thing. If, and this is what I always compared it to, if my dad wasn't falling out about whatever, because I know whatever he was going through, or whatever he had on his plate, or whatever, if he wasn't expressing it to me. Right. Then what reason do I have to really, you know, fall out about something? If my mom, you know, bring that to me, or you know, even my stepdad at some points didn't bring that to me. Um, stepmom, I, I felt like certain. It always made me feel like, what, what, what do I have to complain about? Mm. You get what I'm saying? Right. Um, not that it, you know, it wasn't affecting me or whatever, but I always compared it on a level of their burden is more than mine mm. and they continue to, to to walk the path wow so why should i this is me thinking 10 11 that why should i you know let it bother me to that point of of, of you know being paralyzed mentally to whatever words may come across right. you know, to me so that that's always how i handle things and and i had you know model parents of of just showing how to deal with things and not really passing on to their children or even not or even just you know going to church every day with a smile on your face or even walking going to work everything with a smile on your face and not really letting things that affect you that aren't hurting you physically you know mm. um and and so that i kind of took that and ran with that probably from you know once i understand understood the concept um and and just kind of live that for you know my whole life. Wow, I think you hit I think you hit on something very important that I think yeah. will help out a lot of PKs. Um, clearly, it helped you, and I think it'll help a lot of other PKs. Is as you were just talking about seeing those examples, those godly examples. I think it's very very um, important. And just from your experience, as you said, seeing the godly examples from Uncle Rick, Miss um, Janice, your stepmom stepdad just seeing those examples because as you see i mean this is real life and i believe that a lot of times um members in the church don't really understand sometimes what the pastor goes through first just the pastor himself or herself and then now you have the children who are dealing with this and sometimes and sometimes 
you know, the parents will do their best to shield their children from, but sometimes the children see what they're dealing with. They see, you know, the phone, the phone, they see, they hear the phone ringing. They see the, the, they see the tear, they see these things. And so it, it, it gives off this, it gives off this perception where it's like, oh, well, you know, because he's driving a nice car because they have these things that everything, that Mm -hmm. everything is good. But that's a, that can be a misconception because you don't see, you don't go home with them. You you know, you don't see that part. And so I think that sometimes there's been a misconception of PKs just from the standpoint of basically saying, like, they got it all together. Right. Well, I think it's it goes both ways. And and I I think I spoke about this last time, but I think there always needs to be a pulse check um, and then some sense of transparency Mm -hmm. um, in a family of in a pastor's family. Right. Um, and, and really to address things that may be happening and feelings that may be happening. And I think there's always a pulse check that that parents may need to do with their kids, um, uh, with pastors, kids to just kind of, you know, how are you how are you doing with, you know, um, your day to day, just going to church or just, you know, presenting that image that you need to have? Do you, do you feel comfortable, you know, or do you always feel comfortable with it? Um, is is there anything that you feel and it's not even like anything to be negative just more so just to um, see where they're at mentally because you never know and i'm not even talking about a serious situation i'm just talking about just just every day um because even some people you know may not have it in them to be that every day and and you know that's why you know they may release at school or they may mm-hmm. leave and, and release and things of that nature and, and these are things that could have been solved just by a few conversations mm. you know early on Right. Um, just to get a pulse check. And, you know, um, I think sometimes, you know, uh, I, don't, I don't think my father really had information with us in terms of how he was feeling or how he was dealing with certain things with the church or anything like that. Um, but I think a sense of transparency would be good just to, for you to have that conversation and to know that it's OK to feel a certain type of way, mm-hmm. you know, or it's if, if there's something that needs to be addressed, that it, it gets addressed versus just kind of uh, knowing they're always going to be okay. You get what I'm right. saying? Right. Um, so I, I just think those, you know, some simple conversations may have changed my output, my sister's output, um, or outlook, excuse me, in terms of um, certain things or, or day-to-day things. And and I, like, I, you know, I also want to throw a disclaimer. It's not like this was all negative. We, we you know, I enjoyed being a PK, but the times um, that there was negativity, I think simple conversations may have helped. And then just even regular times, I mean, simple conversations with him, like, "Hey, are you, are you know, are you okay? Is, um, is, is how are you feeling? Or you know, is is, is you know, because you'll have conversations about school, you have conversations about everything else, but simple church conversations don't always happen. Um, and just to mm. see a, a, a child's um, point of view of, of of things that may be affecting them that the parents may not have any idea whatsoever about. So. Especially, and, you're, and especially, I believe when you're talking about <laughs> the church, uh, you know, when you're talking about those normal conversations, I think that's very important. That's a very uh, good point that you just made talking about those um, conversations. And because, I mean, if we're honest, there are PKs who will go to church, but sometimes they don't want to be involved. They don't want to be involved in any type of ministries. And then, you know, it could be something that that may have happened that they've never spoken about. And it's not that they don't want to speak about it. As you said, that that conversation may not have may never have come up. And so if the conversation doesn't come up, then nobody knows. And then basically then they're just basically saying, well, go do this, go do that. But they're doing it. But but then they may have a resentful spirit. Well, it's not even that, man. I, you know, like I said, I, I wouldn't even say just PK, but this conversation in general just needs to happen. Right. You know, I'm going to tell you why, because you can see the runs from, from people our age and, and their engagement in church now. Right. And I think some of those conversations that may have of, of acceptance mm-hmm. or even anything, um, if those simple conversations would have happened, you know, 12, 11, 12, 13, right. 14, 15, 16, 17, even 18, <laughs> their outlook now would, would be more so of a, of um, of wanting to go and you know have those conversations now versus just ignoring it and not even going at all. You get what I'm saying? Absolutely. So 
versus you know thinking because um, I feel like there's a whole group of our generation, and especially the generation below us, that yeah. um, feels uh, neglected right. because those conversations may not have happened when you know we were young, and just you know conversations of acceptance. And even if it's not acceptance, it's more so there's open dialogue Absolutely. to understand the differences that we may have. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that's definitely something that um, is important and that needs to be had, that needs needs to happen now. Or, and would it did me a whole lot of good? Probably did with you know my sister a whole lot of good, my step siblings a whole lot of good, and even our parents a whole lot of good just to understand our psyche at the time and maybe why we are the way we are now. Hmm. I um I I like that that we need to have a conversation because I believe as you said not just PKs in general. Um, that we do need to have more conversations, more dialogue about these things because people will harbor these feelings in. And then as you say, they may resent the church. <laughs> they may resent their parents, you know, may resent other siblings. I, we don't know, but these conversations are very important that need to happen. And so when we talk about these conversations, when we talk about um, these talks, what is it that you, and let me ask this question, man. as you've looked at this, now, as a husband and as a father, you know, what are keys then to um, in, a, in a way to where, where are there, what are some keys that you've used now to make sure that um, your family, you know, is good, that, it, that your family is communicating for what you learned growing up? So, you know, like with my daughter now, I, 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 don't, I don't tend to stop myself. Okay. Here's what happened most of the time, you know, growing up, thinking about this way. How was children's church, right? <laughs> right. You say good, right? Mm-hmm. What'd you learn? And then that's the end of the conversation, right? Most of the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. So, no, just simple conversations just every once in a while just to get a pulse of, you know, um, friends, things of that nature. Is there anything that's making you feel uncomfortable or anything you don't understand? Right. You know? Um and, you know, of course, she may not share everything with me, but I want her to know that's an open door to, right. to those things. Just if there's a problem or there's anything you don't feel uncomfortable, you know, that you feel comfortable with or even expressing yourself. Um, um, if there's disagreements in the way you express yourself or things you've seen in the world that that you may compare to the church, I want to have those conversations. I want to be able to have those conversations with her young. I mean, she's 12 now, so she's getting to the age where she could express herself more when it comes to stuff like that. But I just want it to be that type of transparency and comparison that she can always go there or to me, which is an extension of her parents, but of the church, I'm not a pastor, but an extension of the church because I make her go, you know? <laughs> so uh, just that she can have those conversations and, and then I can give her, you know, a uh, biblical ex- you know, perspective of why there's things the way you know they are now, and then even have dialogues because she may have different experiences than I had when I was a child, right? Or that I'm having now. So just to understand and bridge the gap, <laughs> that's, that's my biggest thing is bridging the gap, man. And that's what I think was missing now. Just the gap is is wide open, and we've had this conversation, and I just want to have that to have an extension for the future, um, and that's from PKs to whoever, right? Know, just to have this conversation, I think it's important. Um, and you know, and just you know, having a dialogue with my wife as well, um, with the same things, you know, real, real conversations that pertain to church and pertain to God and our, and the way we uh, we stand things because we may have difference in differences in understanding, and I think it's important to talk about it. So, now I, I agree with that as well. I'll say when I was growing up, I I I did not like children's church. I didn't like it. <laughs> Um, I didn't like the church we went to. Um, and it's funny, I started preaching at the same church, which is <laughs> which is <laughs> I mean, which, which is funny. But I, I didn't like it. And what, what I didn't like is just the fact of that, you know, they weren't the, the kids weren't real welcoming. Um, some of the people weren't real welcoming. It wasn't, it wasn't, in other words, it wasn't Mount, it wasn't Greater Mount Olive. And that was did, you, what, did you ever have a chance to express that though? That's where I'm getting to. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it wasn't Greater Mount Olive, and you know, and I would just say, I don't want to go, I don't want to go, I don't want to go. But of course, my parents will still say, you know, well, go, go. So I'm I'm in, I'm going, 
but I'm I'm not happy. I'm, I'm irritated. I'm frustrated. I don't want to be here. You know, as I got older, I was able to express that to my to my mom and really tell her how I was feeling. But at the time, I mean, as a kid, you know, being able to really express that wasn't really there or being able to say it the way I wanted to say it. So it's like, you know, I'm going here, but I don't really want to. Right. And I think <laughs> see, that's the thing, man. I just think there's a there's a there's a generational divide in terms of us black folks and being able to our, express ourselves in a safe space. Mm -hmm. Not to say that in that conversation that you may have had, even if they were to ask the why, of why you didn't want to go, because more so, you know, we come from the generation, you're going to do what I tell you to do, and that's it. Right? And that's how it was. Which is, which is fine, but like I said, sometimes I think, and that's the same type of, um, and like I said, there's a, there, there, there's a thing with me and going to, you know, counseling and things like that, and just how we dealt with our feelings. Mm -hmm. We, you know, we were taught to deal with our feelings in a way of just get over it type of thing. Right, right. Let you it go. Let it go. Versus <laughs> being exactly, and, and versus really going out and being able to talk about our feelings and why we feel a certain type of way. Not right or wrong, but you know, there there might have been a situation like for you where you could express the why. Maybe then in turn they could go and address the why by talking to whoever they need to talk to. You know, not changing churches, but just making the making it as positive for you, because that may have been two, three, four, five, six years of your of, of better experiences for you that you may have missed out on. That right. that luckily you turned into a preacher, but those young <laughs> years could have could have affected you in a way to where you may not you you could not be going to church right now just because of those experiences you had at that age. You know what I'm saying? I just think it's just just the, the simple fact of dialogue and it happening. Um, and it happening at a you know a certain age, and not to say that that you know you should, kids should tell you what to do, but just listen to why. There's sometimes there's a why behind it, and and to help them understand the why, and and to address it, or even make them feel like you're addressing it, because even that may have, you know, changed your your perception at the time too. So, um, well, right. And the only thing is, like with me, is then like you tell you know tell your mom or your dad, they're gonna take care of it, but then. Let 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 one parent hear about it or who's over it, then they may tell their kids. The next thing you know, you got a whole nother problem. Somebody say, Oh, you tell to this, that, and the other, and then you got this other problem. So for me, it was kind of and you know, I'll be honest with you, you know, growing up at um growing up, you know, at Pilgrim Rest, great, you know, we had great pastor from CW Wallace. Um, but the fact was you know, we tried to blend in, but it was still a lonely experience. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it wasn't that it wasn't that embrace. It wasn't that really family atmosphere. It was more it was more cliquish than anything else. Um, you, you know, and when you deal with those churches where it's cliquish or just certain people get chances, certain people get opportunities, then you kind of you you brush away, even though, you know, your parents want to still see, you know, serve. But it, but at the same point, I think for us it would have been more healthier had we had in a way just kind of broke, just kind of transitioned somewhere else when we were still in, the, in that kid phase to where it was like we could really be somewhere where we were really where we really felt comfortable and felt welcomed. Well, no, I mean I, I totally understand that, and the word clickish is really something that that resonates with me just because, like I said. I had friends, but being a pastor's kid, and this 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 really goes into, you know, more so my middle school teenage years. It was mm -hmm. clickish in terms of I wasn't always involved in things because mm -hmm. of the the scared notion of 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 mm -hmm. my peers that I that I maybe couldn't do something, or maybe you know if something I may tell about something, or I may. Uh, or they they may feel that not even after even having a conversation with me that I may be too good for certain things or um, I always felt like sometimes I was out of certain conversations just because of those preconceived notions about right me. right um, and so that affected my experience as well. But who was I going to express that to? <laughs> right, absolutely. Yeah.
um, you know, I was I gonna tell my dad, hey, they're not, you know, nah, I wasn't gonna do anything. And I, that's why I, I can definitely understand if you if you said you you didn't feel welcome or anything like that, because who who do you really have that conversation with? I mean, you can say you don't want to go, but then you know, I mean, you can't really express those things because you feel like just like you said, it's just gonna be like a uh, a downhill effect in terms of people finding out about such and such, or you feeling this way, or you feeling that way, and then it makes the situation even worse for you, probably. So right. I get what you're saying on that. Now, one day I do remember my mom did uh, uh, she, she did talk to Pastor Wallace about it, and he was and she I remember what she said, just saying you know others had complained as well, and it helped to remove a certain person out of a certain position and things like that. But I think, I think that's important as well, though, you know, to have those conversations. And I mean, I, I if, if I was, if I was like that, you know, being, cause you know, it, without being a PK, when people, when people just find out you're a Christian and find out you go to church at middle school and high school, they'll shun you or they'll talk about you. They'll, uh, they'll say different things like that. They'll leave you out of some conversations. If you don't, if you don't do certain things, if you don't smoke, if you don't drink, you know, they'll, they'll you know, I had people joke about me cause I was a virgin in high school. You know, that's just, that's just what happened, but they'll leave you out of those conversations. And so, but then I think for me, after a while, it kind of developed where I'll be the same way, keep the stuff bottled in, kind of just to myself. Um, and, I, and you know, it was funny because I've had this conversation with my parents since then, my older sister, also, they would say, well, we really didn't understand you. And it was like, well, I mean, some things about me just weren't going to be understood because I developed that attitude of basically. Right. Well, <laughs> I, I can tell you this. Um, me being a pastor's kid made me okay. So I can see, I'll speak for myself when I say this. I, it made me overcompensate trying to be cool outside of church. Mm. So because there was a, a a a notion of me being a pastor's kid and everybody knowing that, and then even on the other side, um, you know, being a a, a pastor's kid, or step pastor's kid, you get what I'm saying, right? Um, it, it made me overcompensate that to tell, to show people I was cool, quote unquote, right. um, you know, by acting a certain way. He wasn't even saying that I was doing certain things like, you know, like drugs and things like that. But I used to try to overcompensate for being cool. And when I say that, um, it may have involved, you know, like making fun of people or something like that. That Things like that, I used to try to overcompensate to get away from those conversations or those expectations of people thinking I was too good or I was right. too... Um, or that I was going to shun, you know, raise my nose up at certain things and things right. like that. So I feel like that is something that I, I definitely, I definitely, I definitely did when I was a kid. And that was a, a defense mechanism for me. Um, so did you ever, so did you ever feel like you lost yourself or did you ever have that, that feeling of where like you kind of just at one point just, it came to mind, like, what am I doing? Or did you ever feel uh, uncomfortable with, with yes. doing that? Well, yes, I did, but I had to carry it. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So when I had built it up so much that I just kind of had to live the lie, quote unquote, in terms of who I want to portray myself to be at the time, um, that I felt like the first time I, I actually, you know, breathed a sigh of relief was kind of when I went to college because I started over. Right. I was nobody then. I was just <laughs> Austin Turner from all the way from Kansas. Right. Where, you know, people from North Carolina was looking at me like, what, you know? I didn't even know y'all come from Kansas or something like that. So, um, it, but at that point, I just started over and I was just Austin. I, there was no, nobody knew who I was. Nobody knew who my father was. Nobody knew who my parents were, um, you know, my mother and my stepfather and or anyone. And so at that point, I just kind of started over and then finally I could kind of just be myself. And I wasn't trying to prove anything to anybody else uh, or anything um, in regards to that. So um, I would say it did consume me. And like I said, it was a defense mechanism that I had. And I started early. So, you know, from there, I just kind of, you know, I just kind of had to carry that facade for that period of time. So it was kind of like I was living double lives in terms mm. of like who I was at church and more so who I was, you know, going to school and things of that nature um, and just trying to be that cool guy, I guess, you know what I'm saying? Um, um, and uh, it was something that, you know, kind of, you know, resonated and, and I fought with, you know, and I, but, you know, just like I said, you deal with it internally and, you know, move on. Like I said, all I had, I, my goal was to make it to 
August of 2005. Right. Went to college. <laughs> then nothing else, nothing else mattered after that. So what would you tell younger PKs who may be feeling what, what you felt about um, the double life, about living one way here and then one way there? What would be some things you would tell them about, you know, being yourself and not trying to have that facade? What is some advice you would give them? Um, I would try to tell people, this is, and this is just, it's just not that serious, man. Like it really is not, it's just, it's not live, live and be who you are on both sides of the fence. Um, you know, if you feel like you, you know, you're a humorous person in life and then that you like express that, you know, at church, or if you feel right. like you're an outgoing person, express that in church. And I would even say, you know, have those conversations with your parents. If you feel like, um, if there's anything that you feel like will shame, because like I said, there's there's things or things I could have did and, and ways I could have acted even when I was a kid that I probably thought my dad would have shunned on me about or my mom would have shunned on me about. They probably wouldn't have blinked the eye. You know, they would just see like he's expressed because it wasn't anything bad, but it's just almost to the point where you feel like you have to carry on this legacy or this, this facade of, of just being always, you know, the best and not really, you know, that, uh, just to be yourself on both sides of the fence and just live to live the same life and express yourself in terms of um, uh, telling your parents how you feel or even find someone else that you can confide in, not to tell your personal information in terms of your family, but just, you know, your feelings internally. Um, and, and don't be afraid to do that and to talk to someone about that because you're not the only person going through that. Um, so I, that's definitely my my recommendation and lean you know lean on your siblings if you have them you know appreciate them you know um you tend to appreciate your siblings more as you get, you get older <laughs> but definitely you know as your kid as your kid this is the time for you guys to really um lean on each other and and, and really help each other get through experiences um because those experiences may change you know your your, your sibling's life over time if, if you don't do it now um, and just really to really seize the moment and be yourself now versus thinking about it later like me versus me thinking that I need to go to college to be that. I could have did that now and it wouldn't hurt anybody. It wouldn't, it wouldn't hurt anybody at all. <laughs> you know, my parent, you know, my parent, like I said, I had, you know, I feel like I had higher expectations upon myself than my parents did. And I think I, it's not that my parents told me that I need to be this, this, and that. It's not like every day before church they told me, no, no, no. It's just I thought that that's what they wanted from me. And maybe if we had had those conversations, maybe it would have made me relax a little bit more, hmm. you know, and things of that nature. And so I just think those conversations are great um, for kids and to really lay out their expectations. When you go to work, your best, your best boss is the person that lays out their expectations. Right. You don't just go and, and do your work and hope that, that they're the best or – even sometimes, you know, you may you may overdo things because you think that's the expectation. No, you um, you, you lay out those expectations um, and, and talk about things that naturally kids may go through um, and, and, and really just get a pulse on, on where they're at and, and where they're going. And that it's not that serious. Like you right. do not have to be <laughs> all the time, you know, you know. Yeah, and, and that's it is what it is, and, and like, and you know, now I get to see my dad more so. He's more relaxed, you know, just even with with church and things of that nature. And I think that if I I may have saw that at a younger age, I may have uh, really um, it may have changed my outlook on on things and, and my expectations, and um, and even my mom, same thing, you know. Like I said, I, I have the best relationship I've had now with them than I ever had, but that's because mm -hmm. we've had we have, we have conversations now. So, that's, so you, that's probably the difference. So you would definitely say communication is very key. It's very important. Oh, yeah. Very important. But I, and I, you know, when you talk about expectations, because I believe unfairly, church members sometimes put unfair expectations on PKs. Mm -hmm. You know, because of where they, you know, where their blood comes from and things of that nature. But I think it's unfair. And I said it a couple weeks ago. I said that. That you have that you have to get to know a person, even though this person is is a PK. That doesn't that doesn't mean that that's all they are. 
They have a whole right. nother personality. They have a whole nother identity. But as you as you told us tonight about this unfair sometimes expectation, you never get to see this other side of this person. You never get to oh. know this other side of this person because of that expectation. Almost definitely. Um, like I said, even certain people that see me that that see me now as an adult will tell me that I didn't know you were like this. Not even saying it's a negative thing. It's just more so I didn't know you were this um humorous. I didn't know that you was it was just more so I felt like um I just had to be I, I was too scared to 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 really dig into my personality to mm. um that something may come out right. You know that's that's not the best um look for my parents that I I just tend to mute everything at church for the most part. And I think that, like I said, I, I think that affected um, me for a while. But and you, and also, you hit on something else I think is very important when you talked about legacy. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think, like we've talked about before, and I think it's it's important is that I think, and I think that's also a part of that unfair expectation is that <laughs> we talk about legacy. So talk to us just about that. You know, being a PK. And you know, of and just about the 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 notion of a PK and a legacy and being told that you have to live up to this legacy. Um, it's not, you know what the crazy thing about that is, and I don't even think this is just a PK thing. I think this is anyone that has parents that have achieved or are being right. anything or in any type of spotlight. It's 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 not even the pressure people put upon you it's the pressure you put upon yourself man mm. literally because you you feel like um they've worked so hard and they did certain things and they've been in the public eye and, and things of that nature that that you have to if anything you know achieve a portion of, of what they did um this is on both sides of the fence man you know i, I look back at, at both of my biological parents and, and really um, I'm really at awe at the things they, they were able to achieve um, in their lifetimes um, and continue achieving now that um, you probably talk to my wife now, she would think I'm like almost obsessed with um, meeting those expectations of that I placed upon myself just to just to do anything close to what they they've done they've done now, um, you know. My dad, you know, people think people used to think I was quiet, but my dad was probably the quietest person. At the time. <laughs> you know, and just really knowing him and and to see how he is at home, to how he is in the pulpit, and just the people, just the way people revere him and respect him, and the, the impact he has on people. You know, like man, like it's it, it almost it's, it's immense pressure that you know some people. I can understand why people run away from me because it's mm-hmm. almost too much. You know, just to see that every day, and and even for people to look at you and and be like, you you know, you you fell off the tree, so you should have some mm-hmm. something there. You know, to have the same type of impact, not if if more. So I, I think it's it's twofold in terms of uh, you know, of course, you putting pressure on yourself. And then other people looking at you, thinking that you, you know, you always should have the straight A's. <laughs> you always should have, you know, you should be married at a certain age. You should have kids at a certain age. Everything should go in order um, where you work at. You get what I'm saying? Those type of things. Man, listen. So, like, it's just, like, even the thing to where, you know, I, I even want to, I even want to carry that now in terms of, just being able to go home and, and, and know that I'm doing well and say that I have a certain job or things of that nature, just to hold up my parents' legacy to mm-hmm. other people. You right. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, and even, you know, just being, and that, that used to be my drive. Now, I, I have an honest moment here. So I had a personal drive to go to church and college somewhat. Mm-hmm. But it was also the half of what the people know or find out that I'm not going to church here in, in right. college, and how would that affect 
Right. My father, and this is halfway across the country. I'm worried wow. about this. Wow. It had an impact on me and why I did certain things that I did. Now, of course, I went and I enjoyed myself. I've been going to the same church ever since college. Mm-hmm. But it started off that way as in somehow, some way, I felt like it was going to get back. Not that I was scared of what my father was going to say. I just felt like how it was going to affect people talking around my father or my mother mm-hmm. or my things of that nature. And it, it's, it's a sucky thing, man. Psychologically, man, it just... I don't think it'll ever, ever, ever leave me mm-hmm. in terms of wanting to, you know, never scar my parents' legacy or anything like that. Right. Wow. That's that's really heavy. <laughs> hey, seriously, that's that that's really heavy. And I know if anybody's gonna be transparent about and honest, I know you are. So that's that's very that's very heavy. That's very telling. And um, cause I cause I know you know. I, I won't keep you much longer because I know you <laughs> off work and stuff, so I can keep you much longer. But I do have a fun question, and this is sure. just one that I think I think you'll enjoy. Um, knowing then what you know now, if you could just talk to some of the the senior saints or some of the members who passed on, um, and could just have a conversation with them about. Uh, you as a PK, even with about others as a PK, what is something that you would tell them about you that they didn't know? Just knowing then, if you could just wake them up and have a conversation, even though they 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 may have had their own con- misconception, they may have had their own you know thoughts, but what is something or even a couple of things that you would tell them now uh, if you could have a chance to have a conversation with them? This about myself. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, no, it would just be more so, man. Listen, dude, like, um, it it would just be more of my personality. That, that that's right. really what. And this is, you know, and this is honestly something that bothers me. I told my dad this the other day. I wish I could have had conversations with my grandmother as a, an adult. Because mm. imagine, like, so the relationships I have with my parents now, it's so much better because we have conversations versus being directed to do things that it just makes it so much better like i just wish you know because there was certain senior saints and things that said certain things that were funny to me and i just chuckled or i just laughed things like that but just to even have a conversation and just to gain the wisdom versus just saying yes ma'am mm-hmm. you know no sir yes sir type of things and and just to to, to really dig deep and, and and get those life lessons and that's something that i enjoy now man this is something i really miss that that we don't have um the in-person um men's Bible study anymore because I used to really lean on that type of stuff and have those conversations um, and and really have um, dialogue right. between senior saints that I didn't have before. It was just more so, you know, you saw them as, it's crazy I used to think like this. So you saw them as, as, as senior saints, perfect and, and everything, <laughs> just the same way that people saw your daddy. Right. But when you went home, I see my daddy jumping up for the Cowboys or, you know, laughing at we us in rush hour or something like that, you know, what I'm saying? <laughs> or things of that nature that we just had conversation and dialogue with that, you know, if I would have seen them in their natural element, maybe I could have had conversations or maybe I could have learned something new from, from those senior saints. So that's the thing. It's nothing specific. I just want to express my personality and who I am now and really see theirs from who they are than Deacon Smith or Deacon Deacon yeah. Jones, that, you know, that who did communion or, you know, who told us to stop running down the hallway and stuff like that. But just to, you know, <laughs> have those those real conversations and not even has to have to be serious, but just playful conversations and even adult conversations that that I would just love to have and, and just to soak up their knowledge and, and, and their wisdom and and um, really just get to know them for who they really are versus me looking up to them and, you know, just knowing them for handing me candy or something. So uh, that that's more my perspective of really just, just sponging up that, that, that energy and, and, and just their, their natural beings that I may not have, have, have got, you know, a chance to really see. Um, Cause I think about lots of the deacons or even church members that, you know, I, I just, you know, I, I, you know, cause we're getting older. Yep. And people I grew up seeing, they're they're passing on, and I, and I go back and I look, and I'm like, man, I, I wish I, you know, would have really get, you know, 
love to get to know that person right or as an adult and that's when i go back now i'll go back and you know i'll nudge and, you know i'll try to i want people to experience who i am now and who right. i really am and that's my goal now that's my number one goal now to really um ex, you know show people who i am not just what i've achieved but just who i am right. as a person plus to have you know real conversations or you know just yeah because i want to have that impact on, on on somebody that that you know let them know that that we're people too absolutely and that's my goal to show them that you know that that you know i do have a person now i'm just not <laughs> ricky ricky turner jr as people call me <laughs> so oh man well I appreciate you as always, cousin, for the conversation. Is there anything else you want to say before we close? Uh, just to take off that OSU wear, but we'll we'll talk about that later. You was you were doing great. I'm sure you had. You see, this is orange at the bottom. Did you, did you notice that? It's all right, man. <laughs> we'll, we'll see in the fall. I did that just for you, just for you. But no, I thank you so much uh, for the spending time with us today, just to rap and talk. And I believe this is going to help somebody, and I believe it's going to bless somebody as well. So thank y'all for listening. Um, don't log off just yet. But thank y'all for listening. Like this, share this, and comment on this. And we thank you for uh, being a part of this. And we look forward to the next time. So God bless.